0: Max and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to The Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchen from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club, you're listening to The Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to The Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you've got MJ from The Coaches Panel. Welcome back to another episode of the 50 Most Relevant. We're down to my final five players of 2022 and again relevant doesn't mean best performing it means the guys that i think are going to shape the destiny of your 2022 season and we've got to have serious conversations about them in the preseason. in at number five western bulldog mid-forward josh dunkley yeah we got to talk about him joining me on this episode i got rids hello mate how are you buddy yeah good yourself mate i'm good look you couldn't do not just the whole 50 most relevant but we couldn't even get into the top 10 or the top five. I've got Josh Dunkley as the most relevant forward in the games this year. Um, And I think it should be fairly obvious about why it's the case. And we'll talk about those numbers in in just a moment, but he's one of the most complete packages we've got. And while we have um, been given some gifts, reads in the forward lines with guys like Canelio. Taranto, Duncan. We've also been given the gift that Josh Dunkley has retained DPP because on his day, he's as good as anyone.
1: And let's face it, if he doesn't get injured, he doesn't keep it. That's how – like, I mean, he got injured, he came back, and he actually played a predominantly forward role in those last four or five games when he came back, which means that he retains. So – because he was um, he was pure mid in those that early stage of last year.
0: Yeah. At, at the start of last year, and we'll, and we'll talk about it in just a moment, Dunkley was just simply fire is all you could put. Last year, his best scores from a fantasy footy perspective came against the Gold Coast Suns. It was 151 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, a 148 in Supercoach. You want to look at his ceiling game? Sure. Let's go back to 2019 against the Melbourne Footy Club. A 189 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. I might be wrong, but in that format, of all the players in the 50 most relevant, I think he might be the only guy that high from a ceiling perspective. In Supercoach, he's a part of the 200 club, though, with a 202. His average in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, 91.5. Well, it's a 102.5 in Supercoach, and it's in that format. He's priced at 558 200. In AFL fantasy, he's just a touch under $770,000, while in DT, just a touch, like $600 touch, uh, over $780K. Ridge, he's the modern midfielder, isn't he? You can see why Essendon desired him so much in the offseason just a few years ago. Offensively, he wins the ball in a contested situation. He's really reliable by hand and by foot. He takes contested marks. He's got um, an insatiable work rate. His defensive and pressure acts are through the roof. And then when he does find the need to sit forward out out of necessity or role, he still just always delivers all the time. He is the most complete package and one of the most complete packages through the midfield,
1: isn't he? I, I I really do believe so, and I know the Western Bulldogs back deep through the midfield. But long story short, is I don't think there's anyone quite like Dunkley in their mix. Yeah, I think that's fair. So I think he stands out. He plays accountable football. He applies heavy tackle pressure. He's very very contested. So he's just he's just one of those guys, isn't he? And he's almost a perfect um, fit for the Western Bulldogs. Like they've got the side run, they've got the skill, they've got the burst away from packs, you know, but they don't really have that heavy, heavy lift up. And I think that's where it actually gets, um, he actually gets really, really um, a lot of his midfield minutes from is because of their lack of accountable contested ball beast, you know, outside of Libertore. Like,
0: he, he enables the McRae's, the Bontempele's, the Trelaws, the Smith's, um, uh, even Daniel and others that are all through there that are these real offensive weapons. He allows their strengths to shine brighter um, as, as a result of that. And, and from a fantasy footy perspective last year, let's be honest, if you played last year, early in 2022, well, 21 was pretty special. Over the season, he averaged 91.5 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, 102.5 in Super Coach. But here's the thing. We need to look at the season in splits because, as you said, right at the top, there's pre-injury where he dislocated his shoulder at the end of round six, and what happened from then on in. So here it is. In the first six rounds of the year in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team, six tons, one score over 130, Nothing under 100 and an average of 115.5. Yep, he was among the best players in the format and you had him in the forward line. Super coach. Sure, let's go have a look at that. First six weeks of the year, how'd he go? Six tons, four of them over 130 and an average before he went down with this injury of 129. That isn't just captaincy level. That is, leave the VC or C on him every single week. And on that trend, he was on track in both those formats, grids, to be the best player in fantasy footy for 2021. That's his ceiling capacity.
1: It is really ridiculous when you look at it. Like, and it really did take a serious, serious injury, didn't it, to stop that momentum? Because if he kept going for the year. If he cool. didn't dislocate his shoulder on that contact injury that he had, like he was going, he was going mega, mega big.
0: Because you look at I how don't... he built it, doesn't it? It's 30 odd possessions on average through those five or six games, five, six, seven marks, and eight, nine tackles. A game. It's such a rounded game. He's a monster.
1: He really is. Now, this is why he's ranked number five, I assume, yep. and not number one. Yes. Because there is still a question mark. Because when he came back from that injury, as I said, he played a predominantly forward role. 100%. Um, yeah. There must be question marks to a point. Yes. Like, I mean, it that all gets the spell decay when the Fantasy Cup starts, you know, the preseason Fantasy Cup or whatever it's called this year. Yep. It used to be the Alphabet Cup, used to be yep. the Maynard Cup, and now we Jinx we're
0: moving away from it. When, but anyone that wants to get is, ruined, will call
1: it that. If he makes one tackle with a bit of gusto, that's all we need to see for the whole preseason cup. We know he's back, he's got confidence in the shoulder. But yeah. I tell you what, MJ, it's hard to see how he didn't make number one, but yep. I do understand why he didn't make one because. We do need to see a little bit, don't we? There is a
0: little bit there, because if we look at what he did, I I believe I'm I'm with you. There's two narratives around Dunkley and his role. He played heavy forward. This is the narrative I believe, and it sounds like yours is very similar, just to get him through. Remember, there was also a week where he played, and then he went into quarantine for two weeks after visiting a cafe, and it was just wrong place, wrong time. Um, and, And he goes into ISO for a couple of weeks. And so this is straight after coming back from this dislocated shoulder. What did he do in that kind of four games, five games, six games before the finals? 62.8 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. 70.8 in Supercoach. Here's the positives for us. In the AFL finals, he averaged 93 in Dream Team and Fantasy, 99.3 in Supercoach, and he didn't have a crazy amount of center bounces in there either. They're there. But it's not crazy amounts through the finals. It's 48%, 23%, 52%, and 9% in that grand final. If you want to know how he went from a scoring perspective in the grand final, 80s on. So he's spending a lot of time through that forward line too. But in all of those games, he's picking up 20-plus possessions. It, It might be a bit oversimplified, Rids, but it does feel like there's two ways to view Josh Dunkley. He's going to be one of the best... Not just premium forwards, premiums in the game based on his potential of what he's done over a period of time. And you should get on now to avoid the pain like those that didn't start with him or didn't get him in the first six weeks. Just, I'm jumping on now and I'm enjoying every week I get.
1: Or so there's the me, okay. yeah, go. I really, really believe for me this guy has enough value in his price tag Yes, he does. That we shouldn't see his price tag drop, really, from no. round one. So because his price that year you know, around the 90, 100 mark across the formats, mm. I just don't like I don't see him averaging less than that. Yeah. Um, I don't see him averaging 10 points less than his price tag.
0: I think it's like, the basement. I agree.
1: I really do. And like that just means his price tag's not gonna drop, okay, from his original. Now the way I look at it is, you've got to you got to try and forecast, Rodio. Of course, that's so what we're always doing in the pre You've got, I've got serious questions around Toronto with Toby Green out. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of messaging coming out of GWS that's you know, Concerning. along the lines of well, Toronto was... is likely to spend quite large chunks forward, yeah. in Green's absence. Now, that pretty much says to me, okay. That's fine. Duncan, I've always had a few issues around, but they're not massive issues. But just around his durability and he's getting a bit older, those injuries seem to linger a little bit more at times. No sign of it at the moment. But besides Duncan, Taranto, and now Dunkley, I don't see any week to week 100 averaging forward across the formats it's like not a great one. Oh well there's a lot of value there's a lot of more midfield minutes like we yeah. have every single process mm-hmm. are you absolutely guaranteed that turns in to, you know i don't know like let's say a heaney yeah if you're guaranteed to get those midfield minutes no. Well, I'll tell you what, he's only one injury away from going and sitting up forward because he plays a very key role in the forward line. That's true. You get a Butters. Butters has Same a thing. Shown that that is very durable. He's very mm-hmm. clever around goals. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of question marks. Dustin Martin's another perfect example. After brilliant play, inside forward Well, plenty of talk around, you know, saying midfield minutes and increase it. But we know what he can do forward. Yeah. So, Tar and Thomas, the same. Guys, we can do it for well, all of them. Yeah. We can do it for all of them. So, when I look at a forward, okay, in the, and I think to myself, who is the safest forward? Now, sure. I reckon Duncan potentially is the safest yep. forward. From an Dunkley, average perspective, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But Dunkley's, well, if he's not number two or <laughs> equal purpose, he's very, very close with Duncan. So, yeah. I just think this is a no-brainer start selection. Um, Yeah, I agree. And I'm really, really curious why you wouldn't be starting Dunkley in the forward line. Um, So unless you've got too many players in that buy round or anything else, but I think you're overcomplicated.
0: I think that's fair. If you start to get down to that level, then you're missing the potentially best viable options in that round. So for me the the only narrative that someone would say i don't like his injury history that's why I won't pick him i say fine but then as you just so brilliantly said even seven or eight of the best potential top premium forward options we've got have got a comparable injury history that makes you equally as nervous
1: Surely, a dislocated a shoulder yeah,
0: yeah. a dislocated shoulder is a a freak injury um and, yep, some injuries hit his 2020 season, but the years prior to that are relatively injury-free. So I look at what he does forward of the ball. Because then the next one is, oh, it's roll. Well, forward of the ball. Okay, he goes and plays inside, Fifteen only plays, 20% CBAs. Okay, sure. Well, let, let's do that. How bad do you think the Bulldogs are going to be this year? How high do you know he's going to push and work up the ground? He will apply defensive pressure. He's very good. Even in his, in his first year at the, the club back in 2016, he was still pumping out 90 plus, 80 plus scores in his junior year as, as on, on the rookies. So for me, I just go, every narrative of him screams the risk of his role or injury is fine. But here's the 180 of the risk. Because sometimes, Rids, we always look at the ifs for our own confirmation bias. And we then don't look at the ifs that could hurt us. How's this if? If after round six, you've decided to go against Josh Dunkley and he wheels out the same start to the year of 2022 like he did in 2021, which is an average of 115 in DT and 130 in Supercoach. If you don't have a player like that and they are tearing it down with captaincy scores, that's one player that can ruin your season before you even get into the 10th or 11th or 12th round of the season.
1: So I'm also a firm believer is you don't make injury something you're cheering for. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, if you're not starting a guy like Josh Dunkley, that means you're cheering for an injury. Like yes. it just doesn't sit right for me. Um, now, I would rather start Josh Dunkley and get mm-hmm. full. Okay. And he's. Thank the games. He, he's full forward. We get full by Bevo again. Oh, silly us. We got full by Bevo again. Then make a the trade. And he goes 50 50. And he's got a break even of 250 come round yep. three. Yep. Well, guess what? Dream team and super coach, you've got an extra five trades this 35 year. 35 now. Got five Boosts, so at any point in time, you can actually pull the trigger and actually increase it and bring him. You can and what he's priced well enough across the formats to either be in the top few of that line that you could choose any value that goes bang that you missed out on. Like there's so much of it, you know. Maybe we don't want to start too many 200,000 guys. Kerno, Rayner, Gresham. And we're never going to get that lotto right. No, time. sure. But you know what? Having the ability to go, oh, well, I'm going to go Dunkley down to Gresham, who's averaging the same, and bank 200, 250000 for two more trades where I could invest that in a different line, yep. that's not a bad outcome. And that could it's be not. very, very strategic, MJ.
0: Well, we we know things come in the season, whether it be suspensions, injuries, shock roll changes. The, The key with how you use those trades early is critical. But what I know about Dunkley is he is the forward that I am most concerned about going against. He is the one more than any other forward premium that will take the season away from you with his ceiling with his consistency, with his reliability, and the fact that he'll never, ever be taken out of the game because of how he scores through multiple columns. And there's
1: another really, really important part. He's going to be highly owned. Correct, so and that's the next If you're thing. taking on the ownership value, and he's owned by 50-plus percent, yeah. that means if he flies...
0: And you get it wrong.
1: Yeah. you're in trouble and that pretty much means you're chasing tail for the next 10 weeks to try and rectify those early mistakes. Yeah. So, but if he, if you're one of those 50% or 50 mm. plus percent ownership and he sucks, right? <laughs> you get two weeks to yep. make a determination on it, but you're not going to be one against 50%. You're going to be no. one of 50%, 50%. Have to make a decision.
0: Correct. And right now across the formats, he's owned in 51% in Dream Team and Supercoach and 41% in AFL Fantasy. So he is among the most highly owned premiums across all formats. And, and so for me, the risk of going against, if we're talking about where's the greatest risk, the risk of going against Dunkley, it, for me, I look at it and I see that's the riskier angle. Everything tells me that's the riskier play. And so sometimes a safe play means picking a guy that's got some risk to it. Sure. But to me, every day of the week, I'm picking Dunkley. Everything about him, of his potential, shows me this is the right play. And as you said, two weeks in, he's sitting at full forward. Okay. You go and make the move to the Taylor Walker of 2021. You go and make the move to the premium. Maybe uh, another mid-pricer of yours has failed. It gives you the option to make move. That's the thing is the game is won and lost in the trading in season. Not so much what you do in your starting
1: squad. Yep. 100%. mate.
0: All right, man. Hey, uh, let's talk about where he goes on draft day. Look, I've been pretty adamant across the whole 50 most relevant that there's three forwards that go off the board first People choose different ones in Dunkley, Duncan, Taranto. Um, where do you see this forward run going? Again, formats might be a little bit different. Um, Supercoach, it might be marginally later with guys like Gorn, um, Lockie Neal, Clayton Oliver. There's more 120 plus caliber options that roll through there than DT or AF. But where do you see this forward rush of the top three starting? And is Dunkley the ultimate first one to get?
1: I think as soon as one goes, you can pretty much draw a blanket over all three. The, the other two not far picks. behind. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So I, so I I've been watching a few drafts in the last couple of weeks. I think it's about middle off the first round. Yeah. That's about right. Um, and you'll generally see that one off Toronto. If it's a keeper league, then obviously Taranto's ahead of the other two. Okay? Yeah.
0: Because of the age. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, and the more likelihood of him going into the midfield, and he's going to play, you know, many, many seasons of 110-plus across yes, the formats. Totally. So I just think I really, really do – I think it's intriguing. That's what I really think it is, is if you get one gone, like let's say if you've got pick middle of the range, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And you see one of those guys go quickly, and you feel like that's a case that you know you're really keen on one of them. You're gonna have to pick them early. You're just gonna have to. You're gonna have to suck it up. It's very similar with the ruts this year that there does seem to be a lot of momentum when one goes, many go. Yeah, you
0: set the trend.
1: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Yeah, I I think anywhere between. If we're talking a 10-team league, the variance is always how many on field, how many coaches. We've said this constantly throughout this 50, but if you're a pick in the middle range of the first round, right through to the middle part of the second round, it's somewhere in there. If you've got an early first round pick, chances are you're not getting these guys. Um, barring some absolute howlers from those you coach against and fingers crossed that happens. They're going anywhere between pick five to 15, these three guys, um, uh, across the formats for me because if you've done a draft or a mock draft, you know how fast the premium options in your forward line really do fall away. Hey, Rids, as always, mate, an absolute pleasure to have you on this and all the podcast episodes of the 50 Most Relevant so far. Too easy, mate. If you want to go check the article out, he's online for you now at coachespanel.tv, as are all the other players. We've revealed so far in the 50 most relevant. While you're there, you can jump on board and become a Patreon supporter. There are great tiers that are ripe for you. One of the brand new Patreons that jumped on board at the premium level is Ray Barton. Ray, thank you for jumping on as a premium. A shout out for you. You can go find your name also at coachespanel.tv. That's just some of the rewards that you want to get. You can go and check it out at coachespanel.tv for as little as a couple of bucks a month. If you've loved what you've got from us this preseason, it is one of the great ways you can help support uh, what all the lads here at the Coaches Panel have helped create. So, four players left to go on the 50 most relevant. I don't think anyone would be shocked by the names. Like, if you go back to coachespanel.tv or you check through Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're checking these podcasts out, going, oh, who's missing? There are no more shocks coming. I'm, I'm shocked out. But who I've got in what order might surprise you. So who are the four most relevant players? You should be able to pick them. But why are they in the order they find themselves? You'll start to find out more tomorrow when the number four player is revealed.